Got depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange green, same page, safe place. Therapy is great, and this ain't the same. But we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey, 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 Sunnies. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. I'm your host, Katie Dahl. And just a little quick disclaimer, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for medical advice or therapy. I'm not a doctor. I'm just someone who really cares about your mental health. So how are we feeling today? I got to say, to be honest, I have been super busy and crazy lately. I am trying to squeeze in my podcasting in between a lot of other um, projects I'm doing right now. And it's, it's a little stressful. I feel like the world is starting to wake up again. Uh, and I'm excited, but I'm also not used to uh, being so busy. So today's episode, small trigger warning, we do talk about eating disorders. So if that's not something you want to hear about, then feel free to choose one of our many other episodes. But today's guest I'm very excited about, it's Magdalene Vick. She is a comedian, an actress. You may have seen her in I'm Dying Up Here, or uh, she's kind of a social media star on TikTok and Instagram. And we met while I was working for Ray William Johnson. I used to produce his sketch comedy videos, and I acted in a few of them as well. And Maggie was just like the star of many of them, and she's hysterical. So I've always really admired her ability to create all these different characters and I wanted to do more of a deep dive into uh, what's going on with her personally. So this episode, I think we cover a lot of different really tough topics, but we find a way to make it, you know, easy and relatable. Uh, We talk about how she grew up as the child of divorce and how that affected her mental health. Uh, We do talk about eating disorders and, you know, the pressure to look a certain way in the entertainment industry and what that can do to women or really, I mean, all people in general. Uh, Also, how to get better at believing in yourself and having confidence, not caring about what other people think and just, uh, you know, how to be creative uh, and find new ways to express yourself, whether it's during lockdown or beyond. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. And uh, don't forget after the episode to leave a review if you like what you heard, share it with a friend, and of course, hit that subscribe button. All right, enjoy. Our guest today is a good friend of mine. Uh, she is a comedian. She's an actress. You may have seen her on I'm Dying Up Here or uh, just on her many different social media pages where she's doing lots of very funny stuff on the internet. Uh, please welcome Magdalene Vick. Hi. Hi. Thank you. That is very lovely introduction, Katie. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm just excited to like catch up with you and see your face. Totally. Yeah. I'm in my place. See my gorgeous place. Oh, you got the lights here. Got my shoes back there. This is my costume wardrobe area. Yeah. Yeah. It's all very intimate. I feel like now I'm used to it, but I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh my God, everyone's seeing the inside of my home. This is... I don't want anybody to do this with me. <laughs> well, I mean, you run, and then you're like, well, there are my pink shoes. So everyone knows. I mean, it's all out there. It's a, I mean, everyone knows what I'm wearing. There's no secrets. Yeah. Very transparent. Yeah. And since this is a mental health podcast and you've stepped into kind of like my virtual unlicensed therapy office, um, <sighs> yes. I would like to know, how are you feeling today? Like, let's take a deep breath. Let's Let's check it. 
Yes. yes. I love that. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> and everybody's Actually, listening. Let's all dude, just take a breath. Dude. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even like, that's where I'm at right now. I can't even have a full breath. Let's do the full breath. Okay. Okay. We're going to breathe in for like a count of five. So like one, two, three, four, five. And then we're going to breathe out. And actually, I've heard from a lot of therapists that if you make the exhale longer than the inhale, it um, it tricks your body into thinking you're relaxed. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, I feel <laughs> so much better. Uh, I, I've had such a stressful day. I've, I've just been so incredibly stressed out. Um, yeah, but it's great. It's all good things. But, you know, um, I think... Yeah, that's where I'm at today. Today I'm like, whoa, I've got so much to do. Just overload. Yeah. Like, y'all, when you when you look at the world, sometimes you get a little overwhelmed because there's just so much to look at. <laughs> you know, like that's the kind of person I am. I'm like, oh my God, but what about that person? And what is their life like? And oh, but look at that house. And what can I do to have that house? How much money do I have to have to have that mm-hmm. house? Girl, it is endless. So yes, a little breath is very important. It is super important. No, and I think it's good to just like check in with ourselves, see what's happening, see how we can like come at things from a more authentic place instead of just like, uh, like you said, like looking at other people's lives. I think uh, social media can really do that where we're scrolling through and we're comparing ourselves to other people and you can't just be like happy with what you have. Social media. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the main thing I have on my resume right now. And yet I'm still like social media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all a, it's, it is a show. That's what I love about social media. And that's what I think people need to compartmentalize because they think it would help mental health so much if people knew, like in their head, told themselves, when I click on this, I'm going to this movie that I'm going to watch. And it's a movie. Like the whole experience is a movie. It's all like the image that everyone wants to give off. It's all, you know, it's all entertainment based. Um, And I feel very fortunate as a creator to have that and know that going in. Because I feel like for the everyday person who is contributing to social media, it is very misleading. You're like, oh, look at this person's perfect life and look at this person's perfect life. And oh my God, so many people have perfect lives. And you you don't realize that like when you're watching a movie, you see someone's, you see the perfect life that they're creating. Oh, absolutely. And then the movie goes into a conflict. And that is where social media has area and room to grow as a as an art form or you know whatever because there there is no conflict that's kind of what i i want to create in in what i'm doing is the full picture rather than just like this isolated moment mm. you know and mm-hmm. then, like i just want to like harp on the fact that it is it, it it is fake it's it's all fake for everyone and that and it tears apart people and you know cuz people just will focus too much on it and care too much 
when, you know, the, the best advice that anyone can give you, and it's going to sound redundant, it's going to sound like, you know, stupid, but it's like the moment is now. This moment is the moment right now, whatever you're doing, what's on your lap, how you're holding your hands, your dog that's next to your foot, your cat that's over there, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, like now is the moment. Mm. Now is the time. Now is the moment. Now. Because I think, you know what I realized the other day? This was so funny. I was writing in my journal and I like looked at my past entries from the last few weeks. Every single entry had the wrong year written on it. It was either I was writing 20, like, like, cause I'll put like, um, you know, three, one, 20 or like, or I would put 2022. So I was literally living. 20, you jumped, you jumped. I jumped. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally was like, this is done. I'm done. <laughs> Let's just go to 2022, please. So but like, talk about not living in the present. I'm literally writing my journal entries wow. with the wrong year, either last year or next year. I'm not even here. And I was like, well, that's wow. a, that's a sign. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a sign. I mean, and that's how fast our brains are working, though. And that's, you know, everything is kind of, you know, leaning itself to our brains going crazy and like, you know, and and not knowing what what time it is, what you did. Like people are forgetting things because the attention span is like this big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think with social media and everything, I think that what's what's cool is what you're putting out there. is really positive and really interesting because it's not just always comedy for the sake of comedy. Like there's some comedy that you do that you're just like, oh, this is wacky characters. And then there's other stuff where like I saw a video um, that you did where I assume that you're playing like yourself and a mom or like a kid and their mom where you're like the one that was about Breonna Taylor where you're trying to go out to the protest and the mom is like, who, what? Right. And it was really interesting because it made me laugh, but it also made me think. And I think that's not an easy line to um, to walk. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. I mean, it, it is a journey. No one, I don't want to like harp, but I do think that there needs to be more meaningful content out there. And, you know, there are some situations that I don't feel like I, like I can relate to, but I try my best, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And like, I know that every, you know, People just, yeah, we need to help each other. Mm -hmm. If people are looking on social media and see that as opposed to, you know, another photo of Magdalene's face or like, (laughs) you know, I mean, and that it's all necessary, but it, you know, for the, for the work and the career on the socials, but, um, but I appreciate you paying attention to the, the stuff that I actually is meaningful. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's not easy what you're doing, um, where you're kind of acting opposite yourself and doing all these different characters. Um, oh, it's that must so be so fun. fun though. Oh man. As someone who's like, dude, I've gone through the ringer. I don't have like an aid, you know, a theatrical agent. I don't have like any of that stuff. And I've really had to just be like, okay, and this is so important for you. Like your, you know, your listeners who care about how to take care of themselves. I needed to do this. I needed to just dig deep on all the things that I loved and why I loved doing it and just did it for myself, man. Yes. You know, like I, I love, I love what I do. I love getting into characters. I, it brings a joy to me 
And so I was like, well, no one's paying me to do it. So I'm going to do it myself. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And like, so that's, I, I have been given the gift of time in this pandemic. And I, I really am very grateful to it, but I also understand that it's not like the best situation, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a temporary situation and it's good for us to be able to find the silver linings in, in times like this. Have you, so you grew up in Kansas city, right? I did. And, uh, were you always, um, a performer? Like when you were really little, were you the clown in your family? I mean, to be honest, the real clown was my brother. Okay. Yeah. And so he's, he's an actor. He's got an amazing Twitch following Twitch show uh, called the, at the windbag for all you people on Twitch, you can go check that out. Um, But he's great. He is the real class clown. Um, But I saw, you know, his work and I got involved in a lot of shows at, uh, in Kansas city and I just fell in love with it. And um, in a very different way, like Mm -hmm. I was much more of a serious actor and then, I'm still a serious actor, but like, I just like, I, I came from a very tumultuous, like background. I grew up, you know, with divorced parents and all that stuff. And I think that it's, it's, um, I, I attach myself to a lot of drama, you know, Mm. there's a, sometimes I like feed on drama. And so like the empathy of like what another person is going through and, you know, I kind of internalize all of that. So I've always like loved getting into that kind of thing. So the long answer is yes. I've, <laughs> I've done. No, it's very interesting. Wait, so how old were you um, when your parents were were separated? Three. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was. It was young, uh, but yeah, it was a very big thing in my life and in you know my siblings' lives, obviously. Um, and I didn't really know what was going on. You know the yeah, because you're so young. Exactly. And it shapes you. I mean, every therapist that you will talk to will be like, well, tell me about your relationship with your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, do I have to get into this? this? This doesn't mean anything. And then you're like, oh, my God, it does. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think that it affects everybody differently. You know? Totally. Totally. In my case, it, it, it you know, I think it, it really shaped a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, abandonment issues and all of that, that I didn't know how to process. I didn't know what was going on. You know, yeah. I was just like, why is this person gone? Mm. But at the same time, I was like, I'm with my family. You Who know, was it that was gone? Fun. My dad. Okay. I didn't want to assume because I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't clarify that. Yeah. That's so, okay. uh, it was my dad. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, boy, gosh, it was so weird psychologically because it's like I was going, it was like a road trip. Like we left West Virginia is where I was born. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I didn't know what was happening. It was just like, oh, we're giving roses to dad. Bye. Oh my God. Listening to like Melissa Etheridge and Bonnie Raitt and having a great time on this like cross country road trip. Um, but at, at the same time, it's like, what's going on? And then the whole trajectory of my life is just different, you know? Yeah. yeah but it, you know, it, it was the right thing for my mom to do. Mm-hmm. It was a re- it was very, you know, my dad was not in the right place to take care of us. And, 
uh, and it was the right thing. And, um, and I think so weird, but I think I've fought all my life for, um, for people, for justice, for equity, because I felt like that, like that dynamic, that was the dynamic, like growing up that was lost was like, you know, are we good enough? You know, I all that stuff. It's so crazy how one event like that can like just change your whole perception on things. It does. I mean, I can relate. Definitely. I grew up um, kind of similar but different where like my biological dad and my mom, they were separated when I was very young. Uh, they were officially divorced, I think, by the time I was like two. Yeah. Um. So I don't even have any memories of car ride or anything. I think the only memory I have that was related to this separation that I can remember was like sitting at the top of the stairs with a bunch of boxes around and crying because I didn't want to move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like it does shape you and it is tough. Um, I mean, it's very common though. It is very common. It is. And, you know, like, would I have it any other way? Like, that's the that's the weird thing about life. Mm. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, God, I really wish that didn't happen. But then, you know, I hate to be that optimistic person. Uh, but it's like, then this wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't have happened and all these great things that have felt like fallen in my life and like my passion even like, sure. you know, we wouldn't be the same. No, no. I think that you, you are the person you are today because you've gone through all of this. It makes you stronger. I think a lot of times people who have had like the quote unquote perfect childhood, I mean, they can be kind of boring. <laughs> they don't get it. No, for sure. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I feel like the grass is always greener because um, like you have the depth of understanding and you've probably had to um, explore a lot of different parts of yourself. Oh, yes. Many years of therapy. <laughs> right. Must. And you may not have done any of that work if it wasn't for, um, you know, this trauma, which... Well, I mean, you know. I, <laughs> I don't know if it's that trauma. I never entered into my therapy. I mean, there was always many that that is always uncovered. Mm. But entering into therapy is something that someone really has to make a decision. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Someone it has to be like, like something is wrong right now and I have to take care of it. Yeah. Which, you know, which A was anorexia for me growing up and uh, and B a boyfriend that didn't love me. And, I, you know, like those were two times when I like re-entered into therapy because I was like, oh, something is wrong in my life and I have to fix it. But that's good that you were able to recognize that and that you felt like um, you felt safe enough to ask for that help, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that you had had um, an eating disorder. Oh, yeah. How did that come up for you? Was that um, something that happened like in puberty or? Yeah, it did happen in puberty. I was a, I, uh, oh my gosh, I wish you guys could see this photo of me uh, in eighth grade. I had a perm. I had glasses, like cat eye glasses, and I had like braces. And I was just so, 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 so awkward. 
And then all of a sudden puberty hit and I, uh, I had been like, Oh God, I've never been beautiful in my life. Like I don't get it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I'm not going to eat and I'm going to like, and I got a modeling agent and I like was doing lots of theater, which always, you know, puts you in rooms where people are, women are particularly concerned about their weight. Um, yeah. So that, that happened, uh, that happened very young and kind of was a lingering thing, something I always could kind of return to until the past couple years, which has been great. Yeah. So you feel like now you are in recovery from that? Oh, my gosh. It has taken so long. Um, well, I would say, yeah, two years ago, I stopped. I think it was two years ago. might even been three, but I think it was two. I uh, stopped getting on the scale completely. Good for you. I applaud that because uh, I think that body weight is kind of bullshit, honestly, yeah. because you can be working out and look in the mirror and feel like you're in the best shape of your life. And all of a sudden you've gained like five pounds of muscle or something, you know, or as a woman, I'm sure, you know, like depending on the time of month. You might weigh more or less. Dude, women, dude. Yeah, we got everything. We got everything fluctuating every month. I don't I don't weigh myself anymore Um, because it, it's too annoying. Good for you. And even when I go to the doctor, people don't know this, but you you don't have to get weighed. If you if it is not a problem and you're not like gaining a lot or losing a lot or concerned about that, you don't have to. You really? Can, you can say you can say no. And they will be like, okay. And, you know, they'll either be like, well, you can turn around, uh, which is, you know, you can do that. You can turn around while they weigh you or, uh, but you can also ask for it not to be on your record. So mm. if they need to weigh you, you can be like, do not give it on the printout. Do not do that because it is extremely triggering. And uh, especially for people with a history of emotional eating or, you know, any of that. So, Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. And going to the doctor is always, I mean, come on. Everyone talks about going to the doctor and being like, oh my God, I had to step on a scale. Doctor scales are notorious for being really high. It's, yeah, you don't have to do it. Huh. Well, I learned a new thing today. I thought that you had to just do whatever they tell you. No. I mean, <laughs> it's, it is so freeing. And I tell everyone who's like struggled with, with that, that they can tell their doctors and be like, no, I don't need to do that. Yeah, because we all have this idea in our head of what the perfect weight is uh, and like it's just not true. And a lot of times no. it's completely unattainable and oh. it's just not worth it at all. Well, And, you know, my friend and I were talking about this a lot because we're both like in the same boat and I love her so much. And I'm so grateful that she is in this journey with me because to do it alone is really hard. Mm -hmm. Um. But it, you know, it's weight and dieting was designed by men to keep women small and they to keep women small in terms of their career and to keep women small, like obviously. But when you're worried, oh my gosh, Katie, what I learned was you don't focus on anything else. All you're worried about in dieting is how much you're eating. And guess what you're not worried about? what you actually want to do with your life, who you want to be in your life, all this stuff, because you're just so concerned with the fear 
of not making your diet requirements. Mm. So just every single thought or like most of your thoughts throughout the day are completely overtaken by dieting and food and weight and restrictions. Exactly. That sounds terrible. I think for me, like I've been lucky that I haven't um, had that issue, but I think that like, like any woman who grows up in modern society, of course, you look at these impossible ideals and you can't help but compare yourself. And sometimes we can all get into these unhealthy patterns. And like, what was the wake up call for you that you were having a problem? Oh, well, I mean, I don't even know, dude. I just was so tired of the mental energy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and feeling like, you know, my other love, like I wasn't nourishing my own career, my own creativity, any of that, because I was just so concerned with, well, you know, equating obviously in our business, uh, I, when I am super, super skinny, that is when people notice me. That is when, you know, I get put in stuff. That's when I'm castable. Like that's, you know, that's what I thought. I just thought that I was equating all of my self-worth as an actor to my appearance and to my weight in particular, you know, and it was, you know, it was terrible. No, that is awful because you are so talented and you have such a great personality and that should be what we think of first instead of, you know, oh, what size is she? Exactly. And I think I realized that. I think that might have been the turning point was me realizing that I like, I, I, had, I have something that people like to see. And like, I, you know, I started noticing it actually when we were working on Ray's stuff because like I realized that part of the response of the fans was that they liked me being goofy. They liked my talent. They liked my funny, but they also, I still was playing these sexy characters. And for me, I was like, wait, what is this? What? (laughs) And then I went through this whole thing of like, whoa, who am I? And like chopping off my hair and dyeing it blonde and like just really expressing myself in ways that I was never able to because I was always being told by agents or, you know, who who else just like, no, you can't, you, you're a red, you're a precious redhead. Don't do this. Or, you know. A precious redhead. What does that even mean? Just like, you know, because it's like, we're just a bit, redheads are so valued. But I mean, it, <laughs> I just had to go on a journey. I just was, I was pent up and I needed to release myself. I needed to be me. And I feel like so often in my, in my life, my journey has been to, to hear myself, to listen to myself, which it's really hard to do when, when you're comparing yourself to everyone and you know, you're, you're listening to everyone and you're like, oh, you're telling me to do this and you're telling me to do that, then you're doing that. So I should do that. But then you like, this was a whole other reason why I came to LA because in New York, when I was living in New York, I couldn't hear myself. Mm. Everyone was doing stuff and I felt like I had to do what they were doing. And I couldn't, I didn't, I was overwhelmed. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to fit into this box. 
And then when I came out to LA, I just felt like more people got me. Like they were just like, oh yeah. And they just like got my corks. LA is, it's got its own problems in its own ways, but I just felt like it, you know, I could, I could step back and listen to myself a little bit more. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, there's more room to spread out here. Yeah, exactly. You, you can have a, a retreat for yourself that is away from the hustle and bustle if you want to. But I think it's even like deeper than that. You know what I mean, Katie? Yeah. How hard is it to listen to ourselves? You know? Yeah, it's hard to hear your own thoughts in New York, for sure. I mean, I lived there. I went to NYU and like, I remember living in a second floor apartment in Lower East Side. And it's just like, you might as well be on the street. Like you right. really... <laughs> hear everything and you also feel or not you me for me like I remember always feeling like if I was sitting in my apartment by myself that I was missing out on something oh all the time yes exactly exactly and then someone would tell you what and then you would go to it and you'd be like that's what I was missing out on (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. So yeah. I, I hear that. I mean, I think that I'm an LA native, so I'm always like, this will always be home for me and my family's here. Yeah. Um, I do miss the culture and the excitement of the city. I love not having to Oh drive. my gosh. And I could, I love New York so much. Mm-hmm. And I like the, the creative people there are like no other people that I've ever met. Like they know what they want and they go out and get it. And I feel like I, as a, as a new, new human, in New York, I was just like, wait, that's you, you are that sure that you want something like I, I have never seen anyone so sure. <laughs> and everyone is so sure. Yeah, they're on a mission. You walk with purpose when you're there. And yeah. I think that you it sounds like what I'm hearing is that you needed a moment to figure out for yourself what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. I and I think in a lot of ways, I still did need that even like while I've been here. And that's why this pandemic has like also made me step back and be like, okay, it's just been so hard. It was so hard for me to listen to myself. And like, I needed so much space to be like, what do you want? How can you get this and not rely on anyone else? You know? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we are our own beings, you know? And we are lucky that we have friends, loved ones, partners, dogs, but we also need to take care of ourselves individually. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to sleep with ourselves every single day. And so we are going to be like the kindest people. Get what you want, you know, and take those steps to do it. I love it. I'm sleeping with myself every night. It sounds sexy. It is sexy. You are sexy. You are sexy. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. And my overalls. Yeah. Really, really working it over here. <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah, get it. That's that's a beautiful notion. I was going to ask you because it's been basically like we just hit the one year mark of mm-hmm. lockdown. Like, what is the biggest thing that you've learned over the past year Woof. about yourself Woof. or about the world? That is a heavy question. I mean. I I didn't even I have learned so much. Uh your particular question is what did I learn about myself? Mhm. Power. Mm. So you learned you learned how much power you have. 
yeah, that individuals have that like you, you really have the ability to set your goals and go after them and get them, you know, and, um, yes, it's going to take time. Yes. It's going to take patience, but you, you really like, I needed a lot of space to, and time to learn, you know, and I feel like this in this day and age, people are not getting the space to learn, to read, to research from not an education, like not a forced educational confine, but of intrigue and growth, personal growth, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And be, being able to do it on, on at your own speed. Yes. And not feel like, you know, oh, I read a book for three hours. And then what did I post on social media? Nothing. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't do anything. I didn't produce anything. I didn't create anything, mm-hmm. but I helped my brain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, and that's, absolutely. that is a lot of work. That is good work. It's nourishment. Yeah. And I, I do think it's taken a little bit more for granted these days, unfortunately. Which is just like educating yourself. Yeah, that you don't necessarily have to produce something um, to be productive. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's like something I hear a lot from content creators or uh, actors where it's like your self-worth is so tied to your productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in any job, really. Um, yeah. And if your self-worth is is tied to your productivity, therefore... If you don't produce something that day, then you're going to feel bad. And like, how can we break that chain and say, no, my self-worth is tied to who I am as as a person deep down in my core, you know, instead of uh, the the external stuff. Yes, yes, yes. And loving and forgiving yourself for the whole journey. You're bound to make mistakes. You're bound to grow from them. And I believe that all of your, you know, listeners are innately good people because they want to change. A desire to change or a desire to grow is is good. And we we all have to admit that we're that errors are going to happen, you know, and, and it's okay. I think there is something in the educational system that taught us that making a mistake was bad. Well, yeah. I mean, literally, you have a test right? You that you get a big red X when you make a mistake. Right. You get a bad grade. Then your parents are mad at you. Then you're not going to go to college. Then you're going to be a failure. You know, it all it's it like, all adds up and it yeah. creates who we are. And so then we we start this life and we're like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, whatever I posted was so stupid or whatever I did to this person was so stupid. I, I'm a terrible person. And you know, and then you're like, then you just stop yourself and you're like, no, I care about, you know, people. I love people. And, you know, trust that, trust your values, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. then because you trust your values, because you trust that you're a loving person, then everything that happens to you, I mean, we're all in improv. This is improv. Everything is improv. Our life to everyone is improv. So you have to trust that your core self will shine, will be there for you, will be there for other people, and you don't have to worry about it. Mm. 
Yeah, just trusting that it's already there. Yeah, that's something that always comes across to me um, whenever we interact or when I see your posts. I'm just like, you come across as very confident and like you really know yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that's so refreshing because Aww. not everyone has that quality. I don't think it's easy. You know, it's it, it it's um it's not easy to just believe in yourself and put it all out there like that. So, well, thank you for saying that. Um, I think a lot of the reason why I do it and why I'm brave enough to do it is because I want people to know it's okay. Like I'm literally so passionate about people accepting themselves and equity and love that I'm like, you know, dude, these superficial artificial things are literally superficial and artificial and we're all going in one direction it's not like one you know even aging is like a thing and it's like you know <laughs> everyone is going the same way dude i don't yeah. know if you know this but like i mean listen we can pay a lot of money for a lot of injectables but eventually eventually things are going to catch up to us right and so at the end <laughs> of the day what is there you know how can we all bond? And we bond through laughter to laughing at ourselves. And, and I think, you know, I, I feel very lucky to have found a partner that, that supports and plays with me. Cause I think that that like, like we were very silly together, you know? Yeah. And I think it helps take, you know, taking ourselves less seriously. That is so important. Tell us about him. Mm. And also tell me like, how has it been um being together in such an intense way you know oh, during isolation gracious got to make sure that door is closed <laughs> um, it's it's great so uh we have we share a lot of similar values um yeah. w- which i think is very important uh we value our family we you know we both grew up religious and are not so much more uh like practicing today but we still have those the, like a good moral compass um, where, you know, I think, yeah, he he's great. He's been very supportive. I mean, he has a full-time job, so he's busy working. And I think that answers your question. It's been very, you know, we haven't had to deal with those day-to-day conflicts every single day because, you know, he goes to work still. That's and, so good. Yeah. I think it's really important to have, because I think, at least in my opinion, and a lot of people make it work for me. I think there can only be like one creative artist type per <laughs> per relationship. Uh, or if yeah. there are two of them, one of them needs to have like a full-time situation, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I can't imagine like, or I have been, I have tried. It doesn't work for me. Like having another person who also does what we do, it's a little no. bit more difficult. And when there's one person who's more stable, then you can go fly off and do exactly. all your stuff. And- He's very, very supportive, which is so great for me because I'm like, like he, you know, believes in me and like lets me work as much as I want to work on stuff. And, you know, sometimes I feel so silly doing the social media stuff. Like I just feel so silly and he'll like walk in on me taking a selfie and like, or like shooting something. And I'm just like, what are, what are you doing? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> Which is so funny um, that you'd be so embarrassed because you're you're oh, blasting it out to the world. Yeah. But when he walks in on you, it's almost as if he's like walked in on you doing something yes. bad or Katie, like shameful. That's what I'm saying about social media. It is all, it's all a show, right? And like, 
you know, I, I, um, yeah. And so you just like, I think I don't even see that as my like real life. I Mm. try to keep it very different. Mm -hmm. I, I keep my private life, you know, out for the most part, you know, and I project what I want to project. Except for now. Now I'm asking you all the deep, dark questions. Oh, yeah. Yes, you are. (laughs) Exactly. I will not let this stay surface level. No. No, exactly. That's why what your work that you're doing is so important. Thank you. Yeah. I just like to dive deep. And like, I think a big reason why I started this podcast was because, like you said, what we put out on social media, it it can feel fake or surface level or whatever. And um. I think it's really important for people to see the humanity yeah. um, with people like you, you know, and to see like that we're all just people at the end of the day. And we go through a lot of the same things that can connect us. Exactly. I, I, that's why I'm here, girl. Thank you. For, <laughs> you know, I and and hopefully I can create work art that that also expresses that. That's my goal too, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we were talking about relationships and I just want to, I, I hear all those romantics out there, you know, all those people, like I feel, I feel that energy of like, you know, oh, well, I like this guy, but I don't know if he likes me. For anyone that's wondering if a guy likes them, they probably don't. <laughs> and I, I mean, like, just being honest, like. Yeah, no, if you have to think about it, like. He either likes you or he doesn't. Right. And that's it. And you know what? That's the difference between, I think, a lot of like men and women. Men are like, okay, yeah, well, I'll go to this one. They just, they, it just registers in their brain so fast because of the way that they like, you know, communicate with their peers and other men. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, that didn't work. I'm onto this one or that didn't work. But women kind of, you know, are they have been pigeonholed we haven't been pigeonholed to be like oh he's the one oh he's the one oh he's the one and so it's a little harder for us to like just because of our grooming because of the way that women are told to be women uh to to you know know that like yes the right one is out there but it's going to be easy when it happens you Mm -hmm. know and that's you know that's what happened with my partner it's like I just couldn't believe how easy it was. Like we met, we just were like, okay, yeah, let's go to a Royals game. And then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, this is my best friend. This is my partner. This is like, you know, I had so many issues. I just, my romantic life was just like, like very (laughs) dynamic, very dramatic. And I, you know, one, every text message mattered. I would get it. I like would hear the text tone and I would be like, oh. yeah, I mean, it's just I look back at that now and I'm like, oh, God, girl, that's awful. Right. <sighs> like, Who wants to live like that? No, you're doing it to yourself. You do want it. That's the thing, Katie. No, I know. But I'm saying from it, it when you're in it. Right. It's really hard to see that. And uh, sometimes it takes yeah. a while before you can kind of wake up and say, you know what? I don't I don't want to do this anymore. Right. It's yeah. maturity. I think you have to go through it at least once to like know that you that you just don't need that, you know. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I think that what you said that really stood out to me and I would agree with is the idea of it being easy because I think that 
a lot of movies and TV shows make it seem like it should be hard. Like you're going to have to fight for it. You need to convince someone to love you. Right. Uh, Or like you watch those Hallmark movies and it's like, oh my God, you got to like save the whole town and get the girl to fall in love with you. And the the power (laughs) dynamics in that. Then you're like, really, as a woman, you're like, oh yeah, the, you know, you have to fall in love with the prince every time, every Christmas in 2021, (laughs) 2022. (laughs) We're still doing that. I know. I know. So I think that like taking it out of that, And the problem is because we've been so conditioned to see these dramatic, crazy things that when the real thing shows up and it's just easy, it's just comfortable, it's almost boring how easy it is. Then you're, then you are, or at least for me, like suspicious, like, shouldn't there be something else happening? Shouldn't this be slightly more dramatic? And it's like, no, actually. It's all your self-worth. It's all how you, you know, do you love yourself enough to know that you're worthy to be loved? Hmm. That is it right there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's so crazy. It's really amazing when, you, when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm awesome. And he sees that, as he should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's, that's really important because it's that whole cliche of like, yeah, you can't fully love someone else unless you love yourself. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's true. And it's tough. It's really tough because like, I think that uh, I've been in several relationships that didn't work. You know, I mean, we all learn and everything, but um, yeah, I think that a big part of it is kind of figuring out how to make yourself whole. And then that way you can bring more to the table, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, finding the things that that bring you joy, I think is very important, not only to your relationships, but to your career, to your mental health. Yes. You know? Oh, my God. Speaking of joy, yeah. um, something I love do to you ask fold me- your clothes with joy. <laughs> I do. I, I still do. I, I should. I don't really I guess I'll, I'll think of Marie Kondo. Next time I fold my clothes, I'll pretend I'm her. It's it does help. <laughs> Um, I have a segment I like to call hot tips. Hot tips, hot tips, hot tips. <laughs> and I would like to know from you, Maggie Vick, <laughs> when you have a bad day, whether that's your dog is misbehaving oh. or, you know, maybe you had an audition that didn't go so well or whatever a bad day means to you. You come home, um, how are you going to turn that around? How, how do you put yourself back in a good mood? I take my contacts out. I get in comfy clothes. And I order a burrito. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's, I love burritos and it instantly makes me happy. And I have a, you know, I sip a little tequila Watch a movie in comfy clothes with no contacts on. Oh my God, that is the best. That's the best. That's that's the best. That sounds like a good, a good moment. I think that um, at the end of the day, getting to take your bra off, put those comfy clothes on, and just have your favorite oh. meal. There's nothing. Yeah. Better. No, there's nothing better. Nothing better. And thank God I don't care about like dieting and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's like woof. No, life is too short to eat, like to not eat what you want to eat. No. Within burritos reason. are so good. And we're in California and there's the best burritos. Wait, so what's, okay. If someone is in LA 
Yeah. What's one of your go-to places for a good burrito? El Compadre. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. Oh, it's so good. And like people are going to be really disgusted, but like my favorite, um, my favorite burrito is Lengua. Oh, that's tongue. Yeah. Wow. You're more adventurous than Dude, me. Dude, it's so good, Katie. You got to try. It's very tender and like yummy. It's good. Okay. You know what? Maybe next time I go to a taco truck, I'll do a lengua taco. Dude, try it out. Because I don't know if I'm ready to commit to a full burrito. Like if I don't like it. Taste it out with a little taco. Yeah. It, now is it going to be like the small little coin one or is it going to be like the full taco? Well, when you go to the truck, it's usually the small street tacos. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, like, the problem with me is that even though I do eat meat, I don't like anything that tastes too gamey, you know? So we'll see. It's not, it's not too, I think you'll like it. Okay. Maybe I will. I Honestly, I mean, I'm, I'll try anything once. Good. Good. <laughs> Good attitude to have. My, my mom, when I was growing up, she would call it, um, like, if I said I didn't want something, she'd be like, okay, this is you have to take a no thank you bite. Oh, that's smart. So that's kind of like put it into my head like, okay, like there must be some reason why people like this. Let's try it. That's amazing. Go (laughs) mom. Your mom is very smart. I'd be like. (laughs) Sometimes you don't like the no thank you bite. Sometimes you're like, I had that. No. Yeah. No more. <laughs> no, my like my sister has like a gag reflex. She literally would not like she would just like gag it up. It's not even appropriate. <laughs> well, um, it's been such a pleasure to have you on. And um I'm curious if people want to check you out, I know that you're all over all the social medias. I'll put your stuff in the um yeah. description. Uh is there anything that you want people to check out online? Um, well, I'm just starting a TikTok, so the TikTok would be great. Um, but yeah, all the normal socials. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, no, definitely check out our videos. I love it. You're so funny and beautiful and just smart. Thank you, Katie. Mm. I I'm appreciate that. I have fun. You're I'm fun. a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of you too. Uh and before we go, um, I'm just wondering. Do you have any last things you want to share or any last like words of wisdom for people who might be struggling out there? Oh, just love yourself and forgive yourself in the moment. Just like do it. It's good for everyone. And you, yeah, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I love you. I love I'm so you. happy to have you here. And uh, thank Thanks, you. Katie. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please leave a review on iTunes, subscribe, share this with a friend. And if you want to learn more about Magdalene and what she's up to, you can check out our description for details. Or of course, I always put up an episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com. If you want to find me on social media, I'm Katie Dahl at Katie Dahl on all the things. We also have um, at Crying Behind Pod on Instagram where I post all clips from the episodes and inspirational stuff, things like that. If you want to join our private Facebook support group, it's facebook.com slash group slash Crying Behind Pod. And I guess those are all the things that we need to plug for today. But I really appreciate you coming and listening. I hope that it made you feel less alone with whatever it is that you're going through. and. Until next time, take a walk outside, put on your sunglasses, and stay cool, stay present, stay sunny.